1: This podcast is sponsored by Search Metrics. Searchmetrics sets the standard for innovation in the content and search engine optimization industries. They support businesses who care about understanding both how to use content as a marketing channel and how to improve organic rankings in Google. If you're an enterprise-level marketer, the Searchmetrics suite of software and services will help you optimize your existing content, help you understand what topics you need to cover next, and how to ensure that your writers produce effective posts. There are billions of Google searches happening every day, and Searchmetrics gets your stories to the top. Today we're going to hear the second part of our interview with Kate Talbot who is an expert in marketing to millennials. Kate is an entrepreneur, a marketing consultant and the author of O oh Snap You can use Snapchat for business, which is a best-selling book on Amazon. Her work has been featured on CNBC, TechCrunch and Huffington Post and she's worked with big brands like Virgin America and Apple and also consults for smaller startups. In this episode, Kate is going to talk specifically about Snapchat and the contents of her book. So if you're interested in learning how to reach millennials or you're interested in using Snapchat as a marketing tool, I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. Here is the second part of our interview with Kate Talbot. All right, Kate, welcome back to the MarTech podcast. In our last conversation, we talked a little bit about some of the channels of marketing for millennials. We covered kind of YouTube and Instagram And I want to focus the rest of our conversation specifically about Snapchat, which is the topic of your book. So give me an overview of the theme of your book and tell us a little bit about marketing on
2: Snapchat. So I wrote this book in 2016 when Snapchat was the prime storytelling platform. And I've always loved Snapchat because they were able to create a really authentic platform comparative to other social media channels. I started writing about Snapchat in 2016 for Social Media Examiner. And I saw the amount of intrigue that people had that they didn't understand the platform that they really want to know about it. And they were having a tough time with the user interface. So what I did is that I wrote about Snapchat, I took my articles I read for Social Media Examiner added to them. And then luckily, I have a lot of relationships with brands and media. So great case studies are in the book from NPR, Virgin America, Airbnb, Vox Media, and Sundance, and the list goes on. So it's really a mixture of case studies that can help anybody out as well as just really a tutorial 101 about how to use Snapchat itself.
1: So give me the overview of some of the best practices for people using Snapchat. And I'll preface this with, I'm just on the outside of being a millennial, 37 years old, and have a Snapchat account, and I've found the user experience to be relatively confusing, and I know that they changed it recently. Tell me a little bit about some of the best practices for using Snapchat as a marketing tool.
2: So of course, Snapchat is super authentic. And what it has that is really exciting is all the lenses. And I think that that's really where they're able to shine. So what you can do is humanize your brand. And I think that's what Snapchat really does, whether you're a B2C company or a B2B. So what you could do, for example, is interview a product designer or interview a C-level executive and give them a filter, give them a flower crown. Yeah, it might feel a little silly to them, but it's really authentic to the platform. And it really creates a way to engage one-to-one with your community. Another best practice if you're telling a story, and I love this one from NPR, is always include the text because a lot of people are watching these stories while they're traveling. So make sure that you include text if there's video. And now what's really neat is that you can swipe up So I'd always include, especially for marketers, always be thinking about conversions, have a swipe up feature and include a website for people to learn more. So best practices is always about utilizing the platform itself, making sure that it's accessible to people and they're really understanding the content, as well as then driving them to a sales channel where they can learn more about what your product is.
1: Do you see Snapchat being used as an effective tool for customer acquisition? Is it for branding? Is it for retention? How are big brands effectively using Snapchat?
2: I would definitely say brand awareness is the main one because you're really creating those one-to-one relationships with your customers. What I think is really neat, too, is that people will chat and create relationships with brands really easily, and the social media managers will reply So I think that's somewhere that Snapchat really excels with is creating these story relationships that are about brand awareness. But then that customer relationship gets really strong because of the chat feature. So it's a really great way of connecting with the customer itself. And I think that brand awareness and customer loyalty is really where it shines.
1: There's been a trend in social media for, I guess, Facebook really specifically, to copy some of the features that Snapchat had created originally, specifically stories, lenses, filters. Those are things that now seem to be available on multiple social networks. So how is Snapchat different? Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well... than some of the other channels that are out there like Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter?
2: So as you said, everybody's copied everybody. And it was a real blow when I was writing my book, when Instagram Stories came out, because it was a moment of, oh crap, now I have to think about what this means for Snapchat. And of course, you have to always be forward thinking. And if you look at the data, Instagram Stories has done extraordinarily well and Snapchat, especially with their redesign, is not in a great place. However, that being said, I have a lot of faith in Snapchat because I think they're very product focused and they'll be thinking of the next thing. And I think the way that they're doing augmented reality and using the Lens Studio where you can create your own augmented reality itself within it is really exciting. And yes, everybody has the same product features. Everybody's using ephemeral content to tell stories. But the future of Snapchat is bright, I do think. And I am hopeful that they'll come out with new products that will keep people on the platform itself.
1: You said something interesting, ephemeral content. What do you mean by that?
2: So ephemeral content to me is, and this is what Snapchat was originally, is that you create content and it disappears. And I think that that was so exciting because before then, everything was on your grid and curated and perfect. And when you create ephemeral content, it goes away. And of course, now you can save it. But in general, ephemeral content is all about being your authentic self, sharing your story in 10 seconds or less and having it disappear. And I think that's a new form of storytelling that's really intrinsic to millennials and how they're going about their day because they're constantly capturing content wherever they are and on the go and not only sharing it to their story, but sharing it with their friends one to one.
1: Why is that type of content so interesting to millennials?
2: So there's a quote that I love from Business Insider and it said, if you're my true friend, you get an ugly selfie. So I think we grew up being a digital natives and having these perfect photos and trying to be the perfect student or the great employee and not writing the wrong tweet and not doing that stuff. So we always wanted like a place to just express ourselves. And with Snapchat, it was the best place to express yourself, whether you put on a lens or you scribbled and it just went away. And it wasn't something that was staying there that future employers could see or your mom could find on Facebook. It was what you could share with your friends and it was your authentic self. And I think that society was really craving that kind of creative expression.
1: Interesting. And how are the audiences different between the multiple social networks between Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat?
2: Well, Snapchat, you're obviously going to get more the Gen Z audience because they love streaks. Streaks are when you go back and forth with friends, and Snapchat streaks are super important. As I managed YouTube and Instagram influencers last summer who are still in college, I learned that they will make sure that they'll never lose a streak. Even if they travel internationally, they'll get a plan just to make sure that they don't lose their streak. So Snapchat is still really, really important in that Gen Z audience. Instagram, you're going to get more of the celebrities, the influencers, the older millennials, Facebook, obviously, everybody's on it, but it skews towards 35 to 55. And then Twitter is everybody who wants to read about political news all the time and probably should put their Twitter feed down. But we can't stop looking at it.
1: (laughs) I'll stay away from the Twitter and the political conversation. You mentioned streaks. Sorry, what is a streak again?
2: So what you do is you snap back and forth with your best friends, your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whatnot, and you're taking a photo and you're sending it to them. And you get a different kind of notification in Snapchat that's next to your name, whether it's a fire or a sunglass emoji. And they all mean different things. And you want to have a streak with your best friend because everybody sees who you're having streaks with through your chat feature. So it's this whole complicated social network within Snapchat It's very intrinsic to the idea of, you know, high school clicks, high school drama. And that's why Gen Z really loves it.
1: So streaks are important for Snapchat in terms of it's a way for people to show that they are having an active relationship with someone else. Is there a way for brands to take advantage of that?
2: I wouldn't advise brands to think about streaks because I'm not sure how many people would want to continue having a streak with a brand over and over again. But what I do think that Snapchat could do well, and it does do well, is within the chat feature. And that chat feature can help out within crisis or getting feedback on a product. And what's great is that you could do group video chats. You could do batch 15 of your favorite customers, give them exclusive content, and then chat one-to-one. So you could really think about kind of similar to mail when you do email marketing, doing segmentation, you can do that within Snapchat as well and create different groups of people who are following your content and give them exclusivity or build those relationships. So there's a way to really keep that chat one-to-one, but do it in a more marketing professional type of manner.
1: So tell me a little bit more about how are you leveraging the multiple different social networks and what direction are you heading in your career?
2: So I have always loved Snapchat, but I am really focused on Instagram stories right now just because that's where my audience is having more older millennials. So I want to make sure that they're watching my content as a solo entrepreneur, I obviously want to be on every single content channel. You know, I'm a social media content marketing freelance writer and whatnot. So obviously, using Twitter to engage with prospects, journalists, engaging in conversations. And then LinkedIn right now is such a huge place for content. And just making sure that I'm always posting articles that I've written, posting articles that I find interesting, and then photos and videos there as well. So I'm obviously, of course, on all the social media platforms and making sure that I'm top of mine so that when people think who they want for a marketing consultant, then they have obviously seen my Instagram stories for last month or my content on LinkedIn and they'll think of me.
1: Before we wrap up, any advice for people that are just starting? Obviously, you work very closely with a lot of millennials or you're targeting them often. What advice do you have for people that are early in their career and how can they leverage the channels? What tips can you give to people that are younger than you starting their marketing career?
2: So what I would do is making sure that you're obviously capturing content and you're being excited about the industry itself, but make sure that you have your own website and make sure that you're showing that you can create videos. So maybe make a YouTube channel and have a topic that you really enjoy and just create those every single day or every week or whatever you want to do to show companies that you can optimize and you understand how to utilize these different channels and do it in a way that's intelligent and smart. And then also on your website, show that you can write blog content, long form, short form, and also just making sure that you are on top of photography as well as how to create stories themselves because a lot of these brands need a really scrappy small team. So if you can know every single aspect of the social media role, that is awesome. And then just making sure that you're proving to the outside world if people Google you or they look on your LinkedIn or they're looking at your website that you know what you're doing and you're confident in your abilities.
1: Okay, great. Well, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again to Kate Talbot for joining us to talk about how to reach millennials and social networking. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Kate Talbot, go to kate.talbotmarketing.com. A special thanks to our sponsor, Searchmetrics. If you're looking to grow your online presence, go to searchmetrics.com to request your free tour of their platform. If you'd like to read the transcript of this podcast, we've published it on our website, martechpod.com. And if you're already a subscriber, thank you very much. We want you to feel like a member of our community. Uh, if you ever have any questions, you could reach us at podcast at benjshap.com, or you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Our handle is benjshap, LLC. If you haven't already subscribed and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we've got some great episodes coming up. So if you're interested in hearing about topics like paid social advertising, growth hacking, B2B marketing, go ahead and hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. Okay, that's it for this time. But until our next episode, my advice is just focus on keeping your customers happy.